0: Welcome to our podcast, a quest to engage and unpack our African experiences, a celebration of our identities, our successes, a fearless voyage into ourselves. Zazi. Hello, 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 and welcome to Zazi, our podcast that seeks to help and unpack the African experience. How are we, Patricia? We're good, we're good, I'm so excited. We're here for episode four, right? Yes, episode four, and we are sort of sinking our teeth into one of the very first things that sort of connected us, um, that being
1: music. Yes, music. My name is Busi Kambule. I'm a creative director of Root Africa Music, an organization that works with indigenous musicians in Southern Africa. I am from Swaziland, I'm currently based in Zambia Lusaka, I had started music fifteen years ago, and my reason was to change other people's lives. I have seen music changing my life um, I had seen music sending energies and information that we can't share when we are having conversations and like talking but music touches our soul in different ways and through that energy and through that moment there is so much that you can change in one's life that's why i am into music and music means life to me without music there is no life without music there is no work there is no movement there is no we need music each and every day for us to survive and music starts in our mother's bellies when we're still inside there the beating of the heart it's music we are already in reading so music to me it's life
0: wow so music is such a broad subject <laughs> where does one begin so well perhaps If we look back into our memory banks Mm. (laughs) (laughs) can you remember
2: your first musical memory? That's so interesting. Uh, so for me, I always think as my first music memory, I think I was very young. I must have been like three or four years old and I need to ask my parents actually. So I remember there were like a big party at home. I don't know, uh, I don't know what was the event, what was the party, but I remember this, which is like sort of one of the very first images, clear images that I have in my mind of, Family member dancing. I remember there is this cousin. Yeah, he's, he's he's much bigger than me. But I remember it was really like having these crazy moves on the stage. Um, but I don't know. So obviously, I'm sure so it must it must have been some Congolese music, and and I remember the dance they were calling it. The duck dance, duck dance, or something like that. So it's very, um, it's very far, remote in my in my mind, in my memory. But this is my first music. uh, uh, Yes, this is my first experience, if I might say. What about yours? I think
0: for me, my first musical memory has to do with. A live music experience Oh wow um, There was this place Called the Marula Sun In Mabopane And they used to host I guess Family friendly Live music events I don't know If it was picnicking Or whatever the occasion was Families okay. would gather At this resort If you will mm-hmm. um, Slash casino And I I remember on this day, there was an artist by the name, or is an artist by the name of PJ Powers. She's a South African iconic Mm -hmm. musician. And she was on stage with another white musician. Mm -hmm. And they were performing at Marula Sun. And it was just nice seeing people being jovial. And we were out in the sun. And there were people of many races, Mm -hmm. which was, you know, sort of typical in my upbringing. Um, So it was just a happy day of lots of people being happy and together. And so that was my first... um, musical memory that i i i have yet to forget and i guess i i hope i i don't that's
2: forget it. <laughs> it that's interesting how old um how old do you think you were i i was under the age of
0: 10 um okay so let's track it in terms of my parents marriage it would be when i was probably three to four five at that time when they were still um living under the same roof
2: oh <laughs> all right okay interesting yeah, yeah, so lovely. that's actually how
0: I can map it, just because my parents were together in that recollection as well.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, so that was a. And it was funny because
0: I I went on to grow up and become a person who helped curate events exactly like that one. Oh, wow, that's that's
2: amazing. So do you think that was the inspiration behind, maybe? Early inspiration. To be honest with you, I don't even think this
0: was an inspiration. In many ways, I really feel like this was a calling um, Ah, for me to come to work with music. Mm -hmm. I just find that my story to hear is so, like unlikely (laughs) all of it is so unlikely that it can't be will it has to be destiny um, in every way and so I had nothing to do with it
2: that's so interesting I mean uh, yes maybe I would I I don't know maybe in a nutshell if you can just do think in uh do you think you can share with us um the how the how did you manifest this calling and how did you end up in the in the music as you call yourself a professional music enthusi- <laughs> enthusiast, uh, enthusiast enthusiast
0: well i mean that's actually a great segue because one of the things we're going to unpack is um why is music important to you yes so for me so i i mean from this memory of people being jovial and enjoying uh, pj powers at Barula sun I went on to tap into music as a mode of, of communication. I guess I was actually like a really chi- a shy child who wasn't too vocal with her words you know so what i would do is i'd write lyrics a lot so Mm -hmm. when i would take a song that existed like a mariah carey lyric or a song at least the melody and i would rewrite my own words um to these mariah carey lyrics and then i went on from there to actually just constructing my own songs like my own melodies my own lyrics the whole works And i had like books and books and books of lyrics that i had written of my own or what i would do is i would Transcribe other people's lyrics So I have Mm -hmm. many lyric books And then I actually made it go a little further Where I would take lines from other people's songs And make a new song of other people's lyrics Oh my god, you're
2: such a creative person (laughs) I could not do that No, I really dove (laughs) deep, deep,
0: deep Into this mode of communication and expression Particularly lyrics And I have a friend by the name of Lindy We often discuss um, what strikes you first about a song Is it the lyric? Is it the melody? Is it the what? you know? And the for beats, me, yeah. I always consider that for me, it's always been lyric. So if your lyric doesn't do it for me, you don't have mm. a listener in me. What catches you about a song?
2: For me, I think my experience is a bit different because uh, when, I, when I was growing up, we were listening to a lot of American or, or English pop music, you know. So for me, it could not have been the lyrics because at that time I was not fluent in English. And also... Just listening to other, um, even in terms of Congolese music, most of the li- um, most of the lyrics are in Lingala, which is um, now, of course, I understand it. Uh, but I was not when I was growing up. I could not understand Lingala, so um, for me, I would say it's the rhythm first, how it makes me feel, how yeah, how it ma- how it brings maybe people together on the dance floor or something. So for me, it's really. Um, the the beat and the emotion and how i feel and how i i react to the music but obviously if i listen i grew up also listening to a lot of um french music uh of course sometimes it, it, it will be the it will be the lyrics or something but i would lie if i'd say like oh i'm drawn to the lyrics first for me it really has to be like the beat and the rhythm and you know just it makes you i, I can't even describe it will just make you feel something a sort of magical things it transports you somewhere and then i'm, I'm hooked so that's it that is so fascinating because so now i'm sitting here and i'm thinking oh wow imagine
0: being surrounded with music that you don't understand. understand. (laughs) That is something in and of itself. And so I was thinking about myself and how I respond to music that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And looking back at my younger self, um, and please don't judge me, (laughs) (laughs) but for argument's sake. So Kwaito music was a big thing at uh, like early 90s. Mm -hmm. And part of my frustration was that it was in a language that I didn't understand. Ah. And so I automatically chastised it I, I cast it aside I was like this has to be bad music because really? I don't understand it like so I was very anti whiteo for several reasons and I, I think I was I developed many reasons why I didn't like whiteo. you okay. know because of the fact that I didn't understand oh, like, to be honest with you it's not even that I didn't understand it's just that understanding would be harder for me.
2: Exactly. So I knew
0: the language but now I had to sit and actually like compartmentalize and make sense of it versus mm-hmm. English that I could exactly. just sort of understand yeah. without thinking about it. Yeah. But these songs in vernacular frustrated me because they were harder to understand and Ex- so I dismissed I them and I didn't like them.
2: That's so interesting because like I said for me the difference being exposed to so many music in different languages um, i never been... Yeah, it's never been a big, uh, a major factor. And, yeah, and, and I'm sure a lot of people from my generation will agree. Um, yes, American and... And, yeah, and American and English pop was so big at a time. My generation grew up on Michael Jackson and whatever, on our parents' music, James Brown and, you know, ex- etc. But we could not understand. But having said that, I feel like... Um, you can always understand music, you know Even if you don't really understand the lyrics And the things I feel like there is this sort of um, m- Transcending Understanding Like m- music on its own, it's a language That's what I want to say Music on its own, it's a language You can always understand and make up of You know, you, you can always um, Yeah, you can always understand Music just For the sake of of, of the music if, if, if that makes sense And um, and also, having said that, I always joke, I always say to people like, all these um artists I was listening to are my first English teachers because obviously the more you listen, you'll pick up things like, I love you means, <laughs> you know, like I love you and love and all these things. So I feel like then it's sort of, it's starting depositing the language into your mind. Um This is why I feel like when you start uh, learning I- English for a lot of kids uh, who grew up listening to um, music in english it becomes it becomes easier to learn a language yes
0: no that is very true um and in fact, so now, as an adult, I turn to music i don 't understand as a teaching
2: yes module yeah. as
0: a thing to help me understand
2: and talking about learning the language, I remember um when I was early early teens late childhood early teens um it was the um, the rise of the of the city the compact disc you know CDs, and there were um, these booklets where there were lyrics actually you said you were writing lyrics but as a french whatever speaking like at that time music will be like my third language or something um i know some kids especially when we start having uh english lessons one of the things was trying to watch you understand and you you try to uh, write lyrics. I'm sure it was like most of them were maybe so wrong. (laughs) But uh, but yeah, those booklets really helped me because I was really I would read I would try to sing. And sometimes I'll I'll use a French English dictionary to understand. And yeah, that's that I did that a lot (laughs) into my early teens. But can we please speak about that today? If I was to buy a music album on
0: iTunes or wherever Mm -hmm. you purchase your music, It doesn't come with the booklet. And for me, it's personally frustrating because I actually enjoy more specifically live music, specifically as in music that has been composed or performed by a band. So I can hear a solo and be like, ooh, whose saxophone solo is that? Who's the saxophonist on this Mm. track? And I don't have that information. I don't even have the lyrics that would come in the books. Guys...
2: Please, whoever's listening to this, we need you to reconfigure how you offer the info Exactly. For, for me, those booklets were very like, it was a minor information. Like you said, this is why I learned a lot about the artists. Like you said, that um, Greg filling is it Greg Feeling, who was playing uh, the guitar or the bass on Michael Jackson City? Yes. This is how I learned a lot about um, background vocalists. And like you said, who's playing what. And just, just to. I think it's important. People, I agree with you. I cosign that they need to bring back these things. And I think it gives vi- uh, visibility to people who works um, who, exactly. who work behind the music. Those people, we need to know who
0: is behind those things. You know, and I understand that in this day and age, it's predominantly like produced music, so you can just have producer credits, and everybody generally seems to know who the producer is on of those productions but there are other people behind that who
2: don't work in the music industry you
0: know so this is actually a great segue um to get into the next sort of topic that i wanted to dive into within this music space Mm -hmm. that being our favorites
2: yes so sorry christine before before we 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 move into that can we also bring back posters artist posters (laughs) i want them in (laughs) in kids room they, they used to be also in those booklets you'll see maybe a huge poster of janet jackson whatever anyway let's who would you like to see on your son's wall Oh, my God. Ah, oh, that's an interesting question. Like, right now, on my... Oh, my who son. is Alex's favorite? At, you know what? It's so interesting because now, kids, they listen to music so different. He will talk about a lot of artists, but I don't know if he really are their favorite artist or something. But now, as a teenager, if Alex had to head posters... It will be probably from some video games, so, some YouTubers, whatever. I don't think you will have any music any, artists. Uh, I don't think you will have any music artists. Oh, wow. You have uh, nephews and kids around you. Who, who do you think they will have? Um, I don't the think they're at
0: that stage of having a. F- uh, actually, you know what? I have a, a niece, a delightful seven year old niece. Okay. And I think she probably has some. Um, Somebody that she would have on her wall. I'll engage her and I'll let you know.
2: Great, uh, I would love to hear that. And I'll do the same for Alex because that's an interesting question. I don't know. <laughs> well, for me,
0: yes. If anybody wants to know, my person, my I don't know, my mentor in many ways, and I didn't even pick up that that's what he was was Tupac Shakur. Um, and so for me so he was a favorite is a favorite still is like i'm still Mm. championing him i'm so grateful for his star on the hollywood walk of fame and all of the continuous exhibitions that are hosted by his estate and everything that is done to keep his name alive because i really think he's very worthy of that Mm -hmm. but for argument's sake so now i um when i said to you that i listen to music because of the lyrics what happened with me was that i discovered that a lot of the african Or or let's not say African, African American music That I was at the receiving end of Was all about love And I just kind of found Like wow (laughs) Love is a bit of A redundant topic I (laughs) want to hear more Like there's more To be singing about Than love And taking people's Clothes off And so (laughs) I um, Started listening To what at the time Was called Alternative music But it's predominantly White artists Mm -hmm. The likes of Nirvana The Alanis Morissette The Counting Crows Of the world And the content Of their work Is vast It's about The lived experience It's about Struggling with Sure, there was a lot of bad relationships. Yeah. Alana's whole Alanis Maurice says whole album was about breaking up with an ex and how that ex made her feel. But the 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 topics that they sang about were everywhere. Yeah, and that really, really captured me. And so with that, at the same time, I had an aunt who lived in the States and they would send us music or all sorts of goodies from the United States and among which was music. So part of my musical interests were informed and curated by the music I received from my aunt. They were very Conscious about the type of music they sent So sure there was Alton John um, And sure there was Boys to Men But there was also Tupac So we would get this mail And it would just be all sorts of things And I opened it first And there was this album um, All Eyes on Me, Tupac And there was all sorts of things And there was Outcast, 80 Aliens And so I claimed those albums And I listened to um, All Eyes on Me And I fell in love with the good stuff right yes (laughs) Um, or at least the stuff that i could Mm -hmm. relate with so i wasn't too much with like his collabos with the casey and jojos and the snoop dogs Mm. but when tupac got down to delivering something i was there for it yes and i fell in love with him like i think tupac was very sincerely my first love and then he went and he got shot and he died and so i told people in school that (laughs) he was faking it and so he'd run away to south africa oh my and god he was working as a garden boy at my boarding school and so after his passing tupac and i actually dated because he worked as the garden staff Are you at for school christy this is a real story oh my okay god. this is my life yes tupac and i had a long-term situation Relation. oh my god wow <laughs> in boarding school um Anyway, so yes yeah, so, so Tupac was everything to me And then we went on an overseas tour Like the following year after his passing And the money I had been given as pocket money I basically blew it all In the UK, buying Tupac, Tupac memorabilia oh, wow. Magazines, the rose that grew From concrete, the book The albums that I didn't have That I wanted to mm-hmm. have Guys, anyway, so yes Tupac was my, like He really still matters a lot to me To the point where, now I'm Grown up, and I've actually made a decision to basically only consume music from the African continent for the large part because I realized at some point that, woo, I spent a lot of money on giving Americans life. (laughs) You know, (laughs) imagine I spent my money and directed it towards the continent, just for economic reasons. You yes, know, I really yes, just didn't true. feel like Beyonce doesn't need my mm, support. Like, mm. she really doesn't. And Janae Manet, Janelle Mane does doesn't. Yes. Like, they really don't need my money because America on its own, if they just get supported by the United States they on its it, own, they're fine. They yes, really don't need yeah. my African money. So I made that decision. And I learned just recently. So we were talking about hip-hop, right? And yes. so I used to be a because I was listening to Tupac the mob deep 80 outcast and then when i switched my focus to listening homeward um somebody was questioning me about my thoughts and thinking because i actually came to the point where i don't like beats right so now i'm at a point where i'm actually i actually don't like beats it's not musical it's not anything it's 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 designed it's technical production so Mm -hmm. I generally am not a fan of beats and they were like but how because you're ahead you know you listen to hip hop Mm -hmm. and then I learned that all of the songs that did it for me of Tupac's were recorded in the company of a band Ah, and now that's not band, like, yeah. of oh, the live band, like the likes wow. of Life Goes On, Unconditional that's Love, I can, Ain't Mad you At You. hear
2: the musicality. That
0: is actual instrumentation. Yeah. And I was like, so I'm not even faking it. I'm actually being sincere because even the songs that I like that aren't Tupac are based on samples of things that were done with bands, right?
2: Oh, wow. So
0: it, came, it kind of became obvious to me mm-hmm. that actually I really do prefer... Um, live music, music versus these things, and now all I want to know is who were those instruments who were performing with Tupac, and that information is not within reach because I've lost the albums with the sleeves.
2: And oh, if I buy it online, exactly. I just it's get not the song. The same anymore. Oh my god, that's so interesting! I'll go back to listen to all these Tupac music just in light of what you just told me of music, um, of live bands, live music, but yeah, just to yeah. I mean, I, I see your point, like Tupac was an amazing artist. And a lot of people, they know the Tupac was like, oh, the gangster vibe, whatever. But the Tupac, the, the, the young Tupac, the, the, the poet, the he was already an activist. There's a lot of, when you go on social media, there's a lot of um, clips of Tupac talking about so many uh, subjects that are still relevant today. And I'm like, this dude was so relevant. And like you said, I don't blame you like this guy was so beautiful, he was so photogenic when you When you see a, um, a pictures of Tupac sorry it was in the 90s but it looks like it was taken yesterday it t- it looks like this guy this guy will have an instagram now and it will be popping on instagram and talking about him yeah um, at, um when i went to uh when i was on campus in belgium i had a massive tupac picture in my uh, poster in my room so yeah that's uh, i also love tupac and yeah <laughs> no i i still anyway exactly. who
0: is your fan now who are you fanning out about today
2: Ah, oh, so for me, oh my God! Like I'm so disappointed. I'm so mainstream, so poppy, so whatever. Um, Like right now, I don't really fan on a lot of artists. I appreciate a lot of artists. But like right now, I can say like, I know you say she doesn't need your money, but I think she needs my money. (laughs) I'm fanning on Beyonce. Like right now, one of my favorite artists in terms of what she's doing, it's uh, Beyonce, yes.
0: What do you make of Blue Ivy performing with her mother on tour?
2: It's so funny. I think it's like, you know, take your child to work. I feel it's like this, uh, it's a summer job for her. Uh, it's so funny how she, um, I've seen some videos of people showing the evolution, how she was so shy and almost like thief and now she's having fun. She's, for me, it's really like, uh, take your child to work. You know, when, uh, I'm sure in a lot of, in the corporate, there's this, they were, oh, take your child to work and, or you give a summer, summer gig, um, to your kid and they come with you and they have fun. I don't know if she's really considering, um, artist, a music career, but I really take it as just a child having fun with her. Um, <laughs> no shame. She she looks like she's owning it, and <laughs> she's having the time of her life. I can tell. Oh my god! But um, so you are a Beyonce fan, right? Yes, I was a Destiny Child fan, and I'm a De- Beyonce fan right now. And then look, and when I say locally, I mean on yeah. the African continent. On the African continent, I will have to go to Congo. Um, I listen to a lot of Ali Ipopa, which is a Rumba, which is one of the modern Rumba artists represent, uh, represented. Now, um, also because I work in the African music space, I try to uh, open, my, uh, listen to different artists, uh, artists, uh, African artists. I listen to a lot of oldies, Rumba oldies, African oldies artists as well. And um, talking about the music we're consuming, like I said, because of the economy at that time, obviously we really grew up listening to more Western stuff. So if I have to be honest with myself, it will be like Western stuff, and you listen to what your parents listen to, which is uh, Roomba and sort of, yeah, maybe your Di Bango, whatever. But I would say growing up, it was really like 99% uh, American and maybe... um, Uh, English, French music and 10%. But now it's getting more balanced and I would say now I listen even to more uh, African artists.
0: So tell us about Rumba because you planted a seed and you painted a little bit of a picture last time. So yes,
2: what is Rumba? Who are the Rumba artists that we should know? Tell us. So rumba actually the name rumba uh, comes from a Kikongo name. Uh, Kikongo, which is one of the main language in Congo. Uh, name, uh, the word was Kumba. Apparently Kumba means the navel. Is it the navel? Something, yeah, something. So apparently people were dancing and um, they were sort of um, rubbing the navels, uh, rubbing the navels, uh, their navels together, something like that. So, um, Roomba actually, uh, the world, uh, Kumba has traveled with, um, transat- transatlantic trade, um, yeah. It, it has traveled with people who were basically captured as slaves uh, it went to latin america and there in um latin america people start uh, playing some kind of music which was um which had features of what they knew from from the continent the sounds brought by the uh, ancestors etc and then in the um maybe at the beginning of the centuries it went back to to africa with um with the invention of the record of recordings and all these uh portuguese and greek whatever traders it it went back um on the continent and they start recording people so they they came back actually with something called rumba you know people talk about um rumba for cuba rumba from you know so it came back and the musicologist, the specialist, they said now people on the continent, they said, but this sounds familiar. They could recognize some sound of their own music on their own. So then it um, they, they, they took this Congolese rumba and they, they, they mix it with their own um, local sound, indigenous uh, sound, and it becomes the new the sort of a new Roomba, so it's basically like a triangle which i think most of the diaspora music is right we jazz people trace even hip-hop to to the continent correct yeah so it traveled with our um, uh we uh, our brothers and sisters were unfortunately um enslaved, enslaved and sell, uh, yeah enslaved and they did their own music and also it came back to us and then we work on that but talking about um uh, con- um Modern Roomba, Um, as you remember in the previous episode, I was talking about a little bit about Congo history. So in the 60s, um, this is really when it went big around independence. There's these songs called independence cha-cha. Independence cha cha, which, which one of the first Roomba hits, and it was around. They were celebrating how we got our independence. It goes like independence, uh, independence cha cha. you know, like how we got independence. So mm, these are the forefathers of uh, rumba music. Then in the seventies, uh, we had people like Taboulet uh, Tablero, which is one of the biggest um, international artists. He performed at the Zaire '74 festival. He was. One one of the first Congolese artists to perform in one of the biggest venues in France, Olympia. And yeah, so this is in the 70s, it was, it really is the soundtrack, it was really the soundtrack of Africa in the 70s, in the 80s. Uh, when I was in studying in Belgium, when we talk about Congolese music, most, um, African music, most of the people were seeing Congolese music. Now they see Afrobeat, they see Nigeria. But guys, it was not always like that. Mm. <laughs> so, so, so yes, um, 70s, 80s, you've got your, uh, I would say, uh, Tepe okay, jazz, Franco Lu- Luambo Makiadi, you also had, um, Papa Wemba, Kofiolomide, they were starting then, and someone like Kofiolomide is still very active right now. Um, Papa Wemba would have been, if he didn't die uh, tragically mm-hmm. on a, on the scene in at a festival in Ivory Coast, so these are your 80s, your 90s. Um, in the 90s, we had this big group. Actually, it became like more your, your dombolo, your sukus, more the dancing rumba. Um, it was Wenge Musica, one of the biggest groups. And um, I might say, after the in the early 2000s, we are a bit toppled of our uh, of our how can I say that uh, pedestal uh, from. Um, from by Nigerian okay. and Cote d'Ivoire, Coupe de Calais and Afrobeat. That's what, when they started and Congolese artists, they from the early 2000 to maybe the 2010 something, we didn't hear much of them because it was like Afrobeat came and <laughs> like it was like a, a real wind. What do we say? It? yes, Afrobeat came and took everything with them. But now we have like a modern, uh, modern artist. Your Inos B called his uh, style Afro Congo. Yeah. And we've got also all these kids in the diaspora uh, all these French rappers, Belgian rappers who are using, they're mixing the Congolese sounds with um, urban whatever sounds there and we've got this thing they call it Congolization, la like Congolization which is the new emergence of Congolese music. Like there
0: was a period in my life when I was exposed to French hip-hop, um, I had some friends, the Makondo brothers who are out in Point Noir, Congo oh. uh, they were at vets with me and um, so they were, they were well, they were listening to, like, French hip-hop, but it was from Paris, France. But, oh, um, yes. So yes. I engaged a little
2: with... Do you, know, do you have some names?
0: I have, you know, and I don't want to speak it because, I've I, like, I thought I had some names. There's an album that I have, but I can't seem to find it in my iTunes. You'll have
2: to share that with me. <laughs>
0: I actually went through a bit of a moment where I was, you know, vibing with some French hip-hop.
2: Oh, interesting. We'll, we'll plug that on our playlist because also, obviously, for me, I listen also at some point to a lot of uh, French hip-hop. I don't like the current... Friendship up that much, but from the two thousand, yeah, late nineties and two thousand. Oh my God, it was a vibe. I had a massive crush on one of the French rappers, I even met him, and and the funny thing is that one of there used to be this big collective of French rappers, um, sectora, uh, and also and within the sectora they had a little Congolese association. They called themselves Biso Nabiso and one guy of the Bison Nabiso now, I I know him. I met him and. I even brought him to the office. I can say that, yeah, we've, okay, not like a friend, whatever, but I've got him on my WhatsApp. We talk, we chat. So, for me, that's a, a, a nice little story that I like to share. Well, you know, that's, that's a
0: great, also another segue into something else that I wanted to sort of get into was that since I made the decision to listen to music from the continent… Um, it's become really great because now these people that I'm listening to, now these people from whose wells I'm drinking, are like an arm's reach away. Exactly, you know? and it's so great. Like, so for instance, I mean, I'm 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 shy by nature. Uh, are you? I actually am. Okay. And so what's worse is when there are people who I'm in awe of and I have to engage with them. One such case, there's so so there are two women particularly, like Msaki and Zoe Muriha. Oh wow! And I don't even know if zoe registers this for argument's sake so i've had to work with her because i've booked her for things oh. and you know so when i'm in that work mode i can put on my work yes. hats and mm-hmm. I, I know how to differentiate and behave accordingly mm-hmm. um but deep down inside i'm like oh my god oh my god oh my
2: god i had the same feeling where um i i, I had to interview Fali, and like i said like i'm a huge fan of his walk whatever and yeah it, it, it happened to be it happened to be in south africa uh Was it 29, 18, uh, 18, I think? And my brother uh, managed to get me a connection through uh, his people and I got an interview. I went down to meet him at the Michelangelo Hotel my heart was beating I was like Like you said Inside me I was like ah. <laughs> but then yeah Like you said We are in a professional setting We need to behave We cannot be crazy Crushing And fainting But yeah I think that's a good thing Of um, In the space You are but at night right does now does the fact That we work in music Change our relationship With music Like are
0: you listening To music only for work So that you can write Are you listening to music For whatever reasons You were listening to it Before you
2: worked Within music mm. Has it changed Your relationship For me it's very interesting because honestly I think if I had to listen if I have to listen to music for work I would be very bad. I, I, I don't I don't get myself to like oh I have to listen this to, to work. So my music um, habits are more or less the same. I always navigate to, toward what I like toward what I listen to I, when I drive in the morning I put radios. so I will listen to a lot of, of radio whatever so I don't take, I take it as a job but of course sometimes we need to write reviews or you need to attend events or, so sometimes I will put it as oh you need to do some interviews so I will do as a homework I will sit there like oh okay I need to listen to this I need to listen to that but to be honest um, it's so di- especially right now it's so difficult to consume music um, f- there's so much music and the streamings and the things there's just so much things going um, out there I feel like I like what you mentioned about um the 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 booklet the 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 cds i feel like i will go back to a more traditional way of listening to music uh maybe listen to albums listen to uh and i try to do i i I do that sometimes i'll be like you know sometimes you see on social media they'll be like oh uh tupac's uh all eyes on me is uh celebrating their 20 years then i'll be like oh let me go back to this album then i will listen to everything i want to really go back to a traditional way of listening to a uh a full album not just like a single here oh it's Friday music and there's a lot of um, uh, singles out there I struggle with that They've actually
0: there's there's been quite a few papers written within the academic space about how listening to a album a body of work is hard and people actually are losing the skill exactly. to listen to an album from beginning to end and the culture and the appetite now where people are just so used to short form music exactly. so we all consume short form content albeit like reels or what yeah. have you and in fact there. are uh, what do you call them labels at the stage yes. mm-hmm. where if your single mm-hmm. doesn 't perform well on social media, they won 't proceed with releasing oh other my music God, of yours. that 's terrible just based on social media engagement with singles
2: yes, and I believe that uh, traditional artists, at least the artists who started uh, up to the maybe early two thousand up until two thousand and ten, the music space has changed so much, I think it 's so difficult for them, like you said, and you and this is why I said, um, like I said, I'm, I'm a fan of Beyonce. One of the latest albums that I was able to listen from um, debut uh from from beginning to finish and to listen like on rotation it's um Beyonce uh latest album Renaissance because like I said for me I feel like it's um for me I feel like um there's cohesion I feel like I can really listen uh to, to the old stuff you know the rhythm the transition and if you have listened to Renaissance there's not even stop it's 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 really like a full um li- 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 like like a mix. set yeah. yes <laughs> like like a DJ set you know but like you said you're right sometimes in, in in the workspace they'll be like oh you need to review or oh, we're talking about these artists i'll be like let me listen i will really struggle to listen to a full album because you can see there's no cohesion it's not a full body of work if i can put it that way
0: yes um there was somebody just released a new album and i listened to it based on a review, um, and it was a struggle
2: and I feel like I think it was it Nikimi Minaj or something she was think, uh, this is why a lot of these artists they don't put out their uh, new music or they just sit because it's difficult to go like oh let me put a single after a single after a single or you know Traditional artists want to put a full body of work It's like a journey You're traveling with, a, with the artist with the music. You know when you listen to this Janet Jackson To this Michael Jackson or whatever album It's like a journey Then you'll watch all the videos that make sense Like even back to back So yeah
0: Yeah like Michael Jackson was actually really good At curating his albums in that cohesive kind exactly. of way That told the story that. In fact that's another really early music memory miss, So yes. we had the Thriller video, like the, the, the v- VHS of mm-hmm. the Thriller album on video. So it was all the music videos from Thriller. And the, one of the last ones was the actual Thriller song with yes. the zombies exactly. dancing. And when I was young, 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 my parents were still together. And my mom had invited the neighborhood kids to my house for a sleepover. And part of the main activities was that we're going to watch this thriller (laughs) music video because it was Michael Jackson, you know. So we have all these kids over. We watch... The thriller thing and thriller's the last song. Ooh, so now we like now we are <sighs> exactly. scared. So to go from the lounge to the <laughs> bedroom, we have to go through the corridor. And my mom was hiding in like a passage in the corridor, wearing <gasps> oh, no, a, she a lion mask on her <sighs> face. And as we passed her, she jumped out and scared us, and we all ran screaming. Like it was, it was. Terrible, you know, but like she was a real <laughs> prankster, my mother. Oh. Um, so that was one of my first memories, actually, was my mother pranking us following our watching the Thriller music video with these people at their house. Oh,
2: my God.
0: And I don't think we got much sleep.
2: <laughs> <laughs> thriller was something. I think every kid who was alive between, was it 82, thriller? Yeah, I think 82 and late 80s, because also remember we we didn't have YouTube, so we're watching this VHS tape, we're watching them a lot and rewatching watching re-watching, re-watching and yeah, thriller yeah I think most of, I think one of the challenges in Congo, they were always putting at the same time, was it around 8 or something they were putting and us also we were scared you're trying to watch, then you hide behind the the, the furniture whatever, but oh, this thing is, is masterpiece (laughs) it was now now when I look at it I'm like oh my god but at the time boy we were so scared yeah <laughs> some really scary things oh you you asked earlier one of the uh, one of my, my music memory one of the uh, memory that is so I think it has formed my um, one of my music tests it was the uh, we are the world music so we had the VH tape of the um, all the recording the behind the scene I think I've watched it that hundred uh, times and of course um, I grew up uh, I was a huge Michael Jackson fa- uh, fan and uh, you, you know what it's Michael Jackson when he he starts singing I think I was when I was a kid I was always like ah you know so it was yeah this is one of the the memory and another one I have it we had the VHS tape of the Motown's um, 25th anniversary and I think this has informed my love of um, um, what do you call uh, award ceremonies Uh, all these big these American ceremonies like your BET awards or whatever I loved it did this thing, and it's on YouTube. Sometimes I think sometimes uh, during the pandemic I rewatched the old stuff. For me, it was just amazing the dancing, the the way it was curating, and all these big musical um, Motown legends. This is uh, a tape that I've really watched at the N- museum. <laughs> yeah, no, that's
0: good to to tap back into that kind of box of musical memory. But now speaking of music that serves you today mm. so as we wrap up what sort of music so for me i explained that i have what i call anthems mm. and at the beginning of a year um and not that i ever have to think about it too often but there'll always be this knowing that ah this is the song that's going to carry me this year this mm. is the song that no matter what circumstances i am being faced with when i tap into the song it will help me get me back into gear
2: Do you have songs that serve you in that way? Yes, I do have some Anthems and I think it depends on the mood Like I said, um, all these Music that I grew up with um, some uh, Michael Jackson lo- there will be a lot of Michael Jackson music. If I have to do the soundtrack of my life, yes, there's a lot of Michael Jackson anthem, uh, Janet uh, all this uh, American pop and stuff. But this year um, uh, a song that I've listened a lot, like I said, I listened to a lot of Renaissance. I would say it's perfect. I love the challenge. I think coming out of the pandemic um a bit of the sadness and, and the a certainty that was there I feel like um, Renaissance brought me back some joy I loved listening to, uh, to Renaissance I love the Cuffit Challenge now I'm seeing all these people and oh my god I'm dying of FOMO all these people who are attending her Renaissance tour in Belgium uh, I mean in Europe I hope she have please Beyonce come to Africa <laughs> okay guys Christine just give me the side Sorry. eye <laughs> I rolled my eyes really really she really rolled her <laughs> eyes on me but yeah so so for me it brought some joys, and I will say that Cuff It and some of the even, um, uh, the what's the title like Release Your Soul, whatever, Release Your Job. Oh my god, Break My Soul! Yes, Break My Soul. I, I would say, like, the um, the Renaissance track was like an anthem at the beginning, uh, yeah, uh, later last year and up until to the beginning of the year. What about you? Well,
0: I, I have a lot of anthems, and for the most part, and I think this is just me being self aware that things that are not necessarily up-tempo and look I love to be joyful but generally up-tempo things don't necessarily feed me interesting um Unless there's something in the song, right? Like, so for instance, Zoe Mudiha, her major sort of single was "Love Yahweh." It's a very upbeat song, and I was listening to it the other day. I, it was actually my anthem the year of its release, I think,
2: mm-hmm.
0: whenever that was. Um, so that's a that's a, but it's a beautiful song, and what she's saying and what she's singing about the content thereof was what was what the thing I was tapping into to amplify me throughout. Um, Following that There was a song by Mpo Sabina Called Love's Light It's a more mellow sort of tempo But again The content there About looking into the things That will give you light And be with you In your path and your passage and the things that you do I've been called deep And I I roll my eyes at that too But I understand that Mm -hmm. These responses that I'm giving Are within that vein Um, And then this year My 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 anthem is a song by Malay, it's called Gitlo okay. and I had the beautiful, beautiful opportunity to catch her performance at the MTN Bushfire Festival oh, a few weeks back.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I swear, you know, Lesotho came to Bushfire. Oh, there were wow. two Lesotho musicians on the lineup, mm-hmm. and I feel like the, the the Maseru or the people of Lesotho were like, hey, mm-hmm. we must make a plan to be there and represent. I met some women who spoke about how they came in like four of these um, passenger vehicle type cars and they were wow. coordinated to be there at Bushfire to see their so, Lesotho people. That's amazing. Um, but yeah, Malay's performance was in how the you amphitheater. Spell the, the name? Her name, mm-hmm. Malay, M-A-L-E-H. Okay. Um, so the, she was scheduled to perform in the amphitheater, which is a the smaller of the stages that were available at the MTN Bushfire, Mm -hmm. there was absolute, there was no capacity to sit. Like, even the photos of... I found a picture of myself there in the crowd. You can tell that, okay, this place is packed. That's amazing. I
2: cried when she sang that song. Like, I cried and I said, not Mm. like... Yes, like, yeah, no, I can see this this type of emotional cry. I can relate. No,
0: me, I cry when I'm feeling Mm. the moment when Um. the spirit is awoken in me. (laughs) I am that girl. And so, yeah, that was a really, really like powerful moment for me to be there in the company of like one of my oldest friends as well. So that was like sublime. And I really do encourage you guys to show some love to your musicians who are closest to you within your most immediate proximity. Mm -hmm. They need your coins. They need your streams um, in a very real way. And I'm just not being economic. I actually think you will be better served tapping into the pool of the people that are around you. Not to say that you can't learn from... Kelly Rowland. Let's move away from Beyoncé, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, that no. I think we can uh, learn from each other.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a valid point. I think uh, we really need to support the African industry ecosystem, and um, this is basically what Nigerians uh, are doing. Why is um, Afrobeat and Nigeria so big right now? And I told you how stream farms. Yes, yeah, stream farms. But also, there is also proper support. You know, now um, now we see someone like Burna Boy. Uh, touring and, and filling all up all, all these stadiums. But actually, uh, a lot of Nigerian artists, when they were going abroad, they were first supported by the diaspora. And also, I think the role of the diaspora, it's so important in music, because sometimes people on the continent, they don't have all the resources, but um, people who are abroad, they're the one who can make it happen and have them come for live gigs and host them. And actually, I was talking to um, a Nigerian um, because I had a stint on working on the um, the voice Afrique francophone and they were like uh, some uh, nigerian um he was on on the band the live band that were recording with the with the talent uh, on the show and he was telling me how um south africa was a launchpad for nigerian artists all these peace square and the band, even burner boy they were coming here because there's a huge uh, nigeria diaspora and they were um, um, providing accommodation and transport for them, uh, they were shooting the music video, they, so they really provided like a sort of ecosystem. Then it became, it, and I'm, I'm sure it was the same in in London. It was the same in some uh, across American cities, and now you, we see these people like exploding onto the world stage. But they they were having a lot of um, support for the people before that. So I agree. All, I'm very I'm a very mainstream person I love my my pop music my radio eats whatever but I agree we really need to support more even me as a Congolese I would love to to see Congolese music to go back to his old heydays and all this we need to support our own we need to buy our music we need to follow them and share and whatever yeah completely no really
0: I think there's absolute value in that so we invite you um we invite you to listen inward to listen homeward Um, to listen, to feed yourselves to and not just for the fun of it.
2: If you discover um, a new African artist from your hometown, from whatever, share their music, share on your socials, share, uh, talk about them and make some recommendation I've been saying that, but yes, our playlist, our whatever, um, wha- whatever platform we're gonna use, our playlist is gonna come scum- is coming soon. We're gonna start sharing our recommendation. Also,
0: speaking because I know that she's out there on tour. Um, if you're in Kenya, if you're in the eastern parts of the African continent, there's an artist by the name of Kaya binchi from Ge- signed to Green Fairy Music. She's doing a bit of a tour. I think you should go out and check her out. Her music is like bomb diggity. Dot. Oh my
2: God, I will, um, I will have to take note and check her as well. Yeah, and
0: she's a nice blend of that live music that I really appreciate okay. with that produced sensibility. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it'll. I think it covers everybody's um, listening aesthetic in this day and age. Okay. Kaya Bianchi from... Rwanda.
2: Oh, wow, lovely. And for me, I, I just, while we're talking, I just realized something. Uh, maybe for me, I'm very really much into pop and into TV because when I was growing up, um, I grew up where there were all these instability. It was the, the last time of the, I mean, it was the last years of Mobutu's reign. So um, to be honest, I didn't grow up um, going to so much live music, whatever. So all my music inspiration, I was really fed by TV, MTV, um, the the national, the local television, the radio. So this is why maybe I, I, I don't get to um, listen to, I go maybe to big names first because unfortunately uh, for me, I didn't grow up to, oh, let's go to this local bar and listen to music, whatever. I didn't have, um, I discovered live music really later in my life when I went for uh, to study abroad in Belgium and then when I came back to South Africa. I think maybe that's one why I'm so <laughs> your MTV BET whatever kind kind of girl
0: <laughs> I think so that's interesting because I if there's something i do not have time for it's music videos
2: oh i love music videos they're really like yeah like when i was a teenager i grew up and that like i said um this was a window into the uh, the external world you know like oh i was imagining that oh that's the u.s that's uh, this that's that so for me and like i said also the circumstances when we were growing up um, it was some. I can say some difficult years in Congo. So the outside entertainment was really not available. So it was really like TV and TV shows. And for me, I love music. So um, TV shows was really like uh, feeding me a lot. And yeah, <laughs> that's well, it.
0: Yeah, I really do think though that the best place for you to perhaps get a little bit of an insight into us beyond our own explanation would be on the playlist where exactly. we i've compiled for you first playlist is going to be a mix of the songs that that do it for us collectively including Mm -hmm. songs of spaz picking um who is the third wheel of the show to join us in due time yes yes Um, you can't wait to have her no i absolutely cannot Mm -hmm. wait because she herself is a musician we've plugged her in the past and encourage you to please do the streaming things Um,
2: Um, And I think also I will will have to put um, a playlist that will be sort of a music companion of my Congo episode. If you you haven't listened to that, go back, listen to it and listen to the music recommendation. Um, I think that will be a nice, uh, yeah, a visual, a music companion to go with that episode.
0: You know, I actually feel so warmed. You wouldn't know that it was winter where (laughs) I am. Just that the prospect of this conversation we've been having about music, just everything that we have discussed today... um, I I feel so much warmer, which makes me feel like we're doing something right.
2: Yes, I feel warmer too. And yes, I feel completely warm. And yes, so guys, listen to that. Let us know what you think. Maybe send us your music recommendation, what you're listening to. African artists. African artists, yeah. Okay, let's let's put it twofold, right? Share Mm -hmm. with us the African
0: artists that are giving you life at this present moment and the song in particular. Yes. And then secondly, also share with us the song that is your anthem, the song that you tap into to get you through the most exactly, and to help you celebrate because sometimes the same song can be your celebration song as it is your meditation song. song.
2: <laughs> your meditation, your sad song. Yes, no, completely uh, do that. Uh, I'm, I'm going to just quickly say something about um, when I was growing up in Congo, at some point in my region, South African music is very popular. Uh, the Congo come from this sort of disconnection because we in the south, further in the south, we're mining cities there's a lot of trade. There's always been a lot of exchange and trade between South Africa. And I think Brenda Fassi, Yvonne Chakashaka, maybe Luki Dube, they've toured in my city when I was a kid. Uh, they were filling stadium. And, yeah, and also um, music memory uh, very fast. The first time I came to South Africa as a early teen, I met um, Brenda Fassi at the Rosebank Mall, I think. <laughs> she was dressed, uh, she was so chic, and she came out of her red car i think i don't i don't know i was like i didn't know her i was like who's that woman like and a south african guy was helping us tours like oh my god this is brenda fuzzy and i knew the name i was like yes i heard that name in my country so yes
0: (laughs) i remember last year actually i traveled to tbilisi in georgia and at several interventions of that journey, people asked me about Lucky Dube. Oh. There was a gentleman who was part of the delegation that we were traveling with. And he was telling me that he had organized Lucky Dube concerts in his home country of Suriname, which is a country in South what? America. Lucky Dube had performed there at least seven times. Oh my God, seven times? And I was like, wow. He was like, Lucky Dube was a major idol to the yes. people of Suriname. I, I just feel like South Africans have no clue how big the depth and reach of these South African gems were. Exactly. To the great
2: Yes, and I rem- uh, like also I remember when Ivan uh, Chakashaka came to Congo. I think uh, people were lining on the street to greet her. She was in a, in a car waving at people. It's all these now old memories are coming back, but yeah, definitely we'll have more opportunity, I guess to talk more about our connection to music, maybe have guests and yeah what what what's, what
0: do you think? No, that sounds like a plan. I mean, I know that I'm personally terribly proud to be a, from a country. whose history of independence is paved in music in many ways. Um, It's a pity my present government doesn't have Mm -hmm. an understanding to value this Mm -hmm. culture and what it's done for our own standings as a democratic country. Nonetheless, um, I feel like I've grown up where culture was an active servant to me and I in turn... I'm um, sort of committed to, to being of service to the culture and the facilitation thereof going forward and the strengthening of it in this country yes.
2: and across the continent. You need to create a playlist on the struggle song. I'm, I'm going to uh, leave it here. Yes, yeah, struggle songs. We can do that too. Ooh, the <laughs> playlists are coming. Guys, I think we'll need some help. Maybe we'll need to have like a resident DJ or whatever but curator. But yes, our playlists are coming. So maybe quickly, uh, what's, what are we looking forward next? We had spoken about travel. Yes. We've spoken about
0: fertility as topics that are going to pop up for us in the coming months and coming episodes. Mm -hmm. So keep your ears tuned to that and let us know what other topics you'd like to hear our thoughts on and engage with us.
2: Yes, travel sounds like a good plan. So, yeah, on that note, bye-bye. Bye.